0: Coming up on this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Model Y earns major accolades in its recent crash safety tests in Europe. The Model 3 might be getting a power frunk pretty soon. Rumors of Giga Canada heat up and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joining you here for episode 371 of Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for September 11th, 2022. And I regret that I have to start this week's show with a correction and an apology. I incorrectly attributed the F. Elon Musk quote that I had brought back when I talked about that last week. That quote was from 2020. I attributed that to Lena Gonzalez, the California state senator that I was talking about last week, who is behind the push to get FSD declared to be unfair terminology that Tesla must change. As of this recording, Governor Newsom still has not signed or vetoed that bill that was passed by the California state Senate. So no update there as of now. However, the person that tweeted the aforementioned expletive at Elon Musk two years ago in the early days of the pandemic was Lorena Gonzalez, not Lena Gonzalez. So just two extra letters separate them, but they are two different state officials. And thus, you can see how I might make that mistake, but it was still, quite honestly, a very journalistically sloppy mistake for me, a graduate of journalism school, to make. And I do want to sincerely apologize for that error. That said, I do, every, I stand by everything I said. I think my point still stands in that I still think that Lena Gonzalez's whole another child killed, do we wait for another, ch-? that quote I found very, very disingenuous. They just came from two different people, but not, <laughs> not one person. So again, I apologize for that. I, I take a lot of pride in trying to be very factually accurate on this podcast. I got that one wrong. I will uh, take means to not do repeat that mistake in the future. Uh, also, the Patreon backers who joined in last weekend on the monthly Patreon Zoom hangout raised a very good point about my belief that I talked about on last week's episode that the 2023 Model 3 and Model Y that are rumored to be switching to the stalkless setup and, and thus a new steering wheel with push-button Uh, turn signal controls on it. I thought that, oh, it's going to be that Tesla semi steering wheel. Well, the semi wheel might be too big. So on that Patreon hangout, which is a video hangout, some, a lot of us turn on our cameras and you can share your screen, which of course I was doing during this. We, we pulled that up. We looked at the Tesla semi wheel, the new one without stalks on it. And then we looked at, the Model 3 and Model Y steering wheel, and the semi-wheel does indeed look bigger. At the very least, it's bigger in a more kind of oblong way. So it definitely doesn't resemble your old, you know, your traditional old-school gigantic semi-truck steering wheel. It is a a much smaller steering wheel by semi-truck standards, but it does seem to be bigger than what's on the Model 3 and the Model Y now, and thus, it seems to me unlikely that a bigger steering wheel is going to go on the 2023 threes and y's, which kind of puts us back to not square one on this. I mean, the the other, you know, there were folks in the community that I'd said I had kind of respectfully disagreed with that, that speculated that the yoke might just go become universal. The same yoke on the S and the X would go over to the three and the Y. I'm still not sure about that, but We should have our answer in about two months here, because again, that's when the 2023 model year production will begin in early November. And I have one more follow-up from last week before we get going on this week's Tesla news proper. So as you may have noticed, but you already knew about, the the price of full self-driving capability went up to $15,000 this past week. It went into effect. Fortunately, though, I've been proven correct about my other comments on this from a couple of episodes ago when the announcement, the the price increase was first announced, and that is that Enhanced Autopilot is, at least as of this recording, staying at $6,000 and the monthly subscription price for FSD remains at $199 per month. So that is good news. And now, uh, in fact, on this note, this was the Patreon poll question for this week, which again, you don't have to be a Patreon backer to vote in, you can just go to patreon.com slash Podcast. I put up a new poll each week, usually on either Tuesday or Wednesday nights, and uh, the poll question for you guys this week was, if FSD stays at $199 a month, will you subscribe either occasionally or regularly on your next Tesla, because obviously for the moment, many of us have made that decision already, either to buy it or not on the current Tesla. And 156 votes, so a decent sample size on this, yes, took the plurality of the votes, 45% saying yes, you would subscribe either occasionally or regularly, with another 13% saying, I'll pay $15,000 or whatever the price is at the time and buy it outright on your next Tesla. 23% of respondents said, I'd rather buy enhanced autopilot outright for $6,000 and 19% or roughly one in five poll respondents saying, no, you will not subscribe either occasionally or regularly on your next Tesla. And again, some, some good comments here. Uh, Derek Nessel wrote saying, I voted no. I don't see a benefit for my wife's drive. Currently 200 bucks a month can be used for more useful things. James Kohlberg, only for long trips. Uh, Morty C 1973. I voted yes, based on the assumption that price is unchanged and no contract obligation. uh, James Hardy chiming in. I'm very curious. Three days after the Cybertruck unveil, I placed an order for a dual motor with FSD, which was then priced at $7,000. I know the price of the Cybertruck will increase, but is there any chance that the $7,000 FSD will be honored? That, of course, being a million dollar question. Not a million dollars, but a, a very expensive question. So I'm very glad to hear that enhanced autopilot. By the way, thank you for everybody that voted in this week's Patreon poll. So yeah, I'm very glad to hear that Enhanced Autopilot is staying at $6,000 for those same reasons that I gave a couple of episodes back. And the fact that the monthly price, at least for now, is also staying put, to me, lends credibility to my theory that Tesla does indeed just want to push as many people as they can to the monthly subscription option. So... To uh, that that comment there by James Hardy, here's hoping that Tesla does honor the $7,000 pre-order price on full self-driving for those of you who have those early Cybertruck reservations that selected FSD back when you reserved. Uh, Personally, being honest, I could see it going either way, but it seems like it wouldn't be worth the, I don't know what the real word is, but... The opposite of goodwill, let's just say bad will. I don't think bad is a real word, but it should be. Uh, it seems like it wouldn't be worth the bad will that uh, for Tesla to stiff those few hundred thousand customers who selected that. It just why not? Just let them have it. They put your put their faith in the Cybertruck, put down their hundred dollars years and years in advance. Keep them happy. Keep them customers for life and honor that $7,000 Cybertruck full self-driving pre-order price. All right, uh, last little nugget before we get started with this week. I hope everybody on the ludicrous tier or higher on my Patreon enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode, which was about the eight little quality of life features on Teslas that I think the general public doesn't really know about. And so I, I ran through these thinking that, the next time it comes up in conversation with a friend, family member, coworker that's asking you about your Tesla, what you like, what you don't. These eight things, I think, really don't get any attention from outside the Tesla community, but they're all really, really great. And again, uh, anybody that joins my Patreon, which is the primary way to support the podcast, which, of course, comes to you free every week, but if you choose to, b- to back me, Patreon at the ludicrous tier or higher, that's the $10 a month tier. You'll not only get early access to each week's episode, but you will get those lightning round mini episodes each week. And anytime you join that Patreon, you instantly get access to the whole back catalog of them as well. All right, getting started this week, the headline story, as you already know from looking at the title of this episode the Model Y has received the highest safety score of any vehicle ever tested in Europe. Tesla themselves doing a little chest thumping on their official site, on their Tesla blog, saying at Tesla, vehicle design is an iterative process through which we aim to make some of the safest cars on the road even safer. Today, Model Y is our latest vehicle. You can hear them blowing on their on their fingernails there, a little, uh, little brag, our latest vehicle to earn a five-star safety rating from the European New Car Assessment Program, AKA Euro NCAP. As part of this assessment, Model Y received the highest overall score among any vehicle tested under Euro NCAP's newest, most stringent test protocol. This was based on an evaluation of Model Y's ability to protect adults, children, and vulnerable road users like cyclists and pedestrians, as well as its safety assistance features. Model Y also received an outstanding score of 97% in the adult occupant protection category. Once again, the highest of any vehicle tested in this protocol. This category uh, score, pardon me, is determined by a series of frontal, side and rear whiplash tests, in addition to an analysis of several other safety attributes such as rescue, extrication, and post-crash safety. Model Y also received a leading score of 98% in Euro NCAP's Safety Assist category, this result was achieved with Model Y vehicles equipped with Tesla Vision, our camera, vision, and neural net processing system that now comes standard in all Tesla vehicles delivered in North America and Europe. This score was a result that many did not believe was possible without using radar. Again, I feel like there's, some, there's a little bit of like passive-aggressive humble brag in this. <laughs> Tesla has seen the comments over time about vision only and the switch to it. And this is them kind of uh, just just flexing a little bit here and well, they've earned it. Anyway, getting back to this excerpt from the Tesla blog, uh, this score, uh, our team is dedicated to improving driving safety. Achieving some of the highest safety scores ever awarded doesn't give us pause, it motivates us to make some of the world's safest vehicles even safer. And then they note at the bottom, one more little humble brag, this recognition comes alongside Model Y's five-star rating from the Australasian New Car Assessment Program, ANCAP, which was also announced this past week. So it's like, by the way, we also got a killer report from, from another region's crash safety rating, and we're just throwing that in as a footnote to this one. And I'll tell you, honestly, this right here is why, as I've talked about a bit here on the regular podcast and in a bit more detail on the Patreon lightning round mini episodes, that I am really keen on my wife getting a Model 3 versus anything else. Because this matters. Safety matters more than, well, everything, really, when it comes to her car. Because for me, speaking uh, as when I was car shopping, I mean, not that I did any car shopping, I I laser focused on the Model 3 for years, but for me, I wanted the tech, I wanted the performance, I wanted the minimalist interior, I loved everything about the entire Tesla experience. For my wife, though, someone who doesn't drive as often as I do, and someone for whom the visceral act, the physical act of driving isn't a hobby. It isn't a pleasurable thing. It's a thing she does and not that she hates it, but she doesn't go out and do it for fun. So for her, that safety score trumps everything else. Aside from the fact that her, her really the, the only other thing that trumps everything else for her in, in shopping for her next car is the fact that she is dead set on an EV for her next car. Now I may have said this before, so please forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but when the day eventually comes that Tesla starts doing mainstream advertising, the safety of these cars is the number one thing that I would lean into if I was Tesla. Especially since by the time Tesla does need to do any real advertising, pretty much everybody buying new cars will be buying electric vehicles at that point. So just leaning into the it's electric angle isn't going to matter as much, in my opinion. Now, Volvo, as we all know, whether we've owned one or not, has been pretty synonymous with good safety for much of that company's modern existence. That is, that is the first thing I think many of us think of. It's the first thing I think of. Oh, Volvo. Oh yeah. Very safety. That's, that's a reputation, which honestly, I actually, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if it was fairly earned. I don't know how safe those cars are, but that's the reputation that stuck. And Tesla certainly has earned the, uh, the, the ability to have that, that as their reputation. And again, I think if Tesla leans into it, when it does come time to do some mainstream advertising and really start to get the word out about Tesla to the mass market that, that hasn't really paid them any attention yet, that uh, that's, that's the thing. That is the thing they should start their campaign with. I mean, there's a lot that they could emphasize. They could emphasize performance. I mean, I think that's probably, if you were to ask a random person on the street today, what do you think of when you think of Tesla? I think there are two things that would probably be, so if this were the family feud, <laughs> if if we were doing survey says, I think the top two answers, I'm not sure which order, would be Elon Musk for better or for worse, because I don't know if you necessarily want a person to be the thing that your average your average citizen thinks of when they are when they when you say the, the name of a car company. But I think it would be Elon Musk would be one of the top two answers. And I think performance or fast, you know, fast cars. That would be the other thing because Teslas have also earned, you know, dutifully earned that reputation as well as they are fast cars. Even the slow ones are fast and the fast ones are real fast. Uh, And they're only getting quicker with each new, (laughs) with each year that goes by really in some, some way, shape or form. I mean, of course, Tesla sells uh, the, the the quickest production vehicle in the world right now. Uh, I'm Okay, I mean, I guess technically the Rimax Nevera is a production car, even though it really isn't because they're only going to be building 150 of them, and they're $2.5 million. You'll never see one. But I, th- I've been told that that is officially a production car, so officially that has the record because it's 0 to 60 in 1. I think 8.5 seconds on the Remox but anyway you know Tesla's got 1.99 seconds on the Model S. They've got a 7-seat family SUV that <laughs> that does 0 to 60 in the low 2s. They've got they're soon to have a full-size stainless steel pickup truck that whose top version can do 0 to 60 in under 3 seconds. And then eventually they're going to get around to building their supercar, which I'm very confident will uh, top the Remox, will top the Navara, whether it's by cheating with the SpaceX package or probably not, probably not even without it. It's still, I'm sure Tesla will still find a way to make it quicker, but I'm getting off topic. I'm getting into performance, which is what I enjoy talking about. That's what gets me going. But the point is safety. Tesla, when they start advertising, they really can become this generation and this centuries' uh, reputation holder for safe cars because they've earned that. You look at every major government, every major uh, country's crash test ratings. Tesla breaks the scale in the in the the best of ways. So, in the meantime, while we while we wait for Tesla to do any advertising. Congratulations to everybody on the Model Y team, past and present, for another fantastic achievement in the safety department. Next up this week, a recently released update of Tesla's app suggests that the company could be adding a powered frunk to their vehicles. I saw this story on Not A Tesla App, who writes, interestingly, Tesla added a close animation to the frunk in the app, indicating that powered frunks may be just around the corner. In the previous version of the app, this is, they're talking on iOS here, just in case you're curious, version 4.11.2, there was only an open animation. Tapping on the frunk quick action button again did not close it. However, with version 4.12 tapping on the frunk button again will close the frunk at least in the visualization. After a few seconds in the closed state, the visualization goes back to an open frunk. In contrast, the trunk on a uh, the trunk on a Model 3 that is not powered does not have a close animation when tapping the trunk button again. So first of all, uh, nice sleuthing. That's a good observation on not a Tesla app's part. And it's certainly no confirmation, right? It is, we are making a, a little bit of a logical leap here, but I think it's a very reasonable leap. And to that end, I wanna say that I really hope the Model 3 does get this feature. Speaking personally, I don't know about you, maybe This should I should put this up as a Patreon poll. Do you ever, or how often do you use your frunk? Uh, in fact, if I think of it, I'll probably forget by the time I, I get finished recording this, but I would actually be curious because I personally almost never use my frunk and and I do mean seriously, almost never. And it's mostly because the trunk and the sub trunk are enough cargo space for me. However, I will say a small part of the reason that I almost never open it up is because if my car is clean and well, you guys know me, I try to keep it clean, you cannot help but put two handprints on the hood of your car when you're closing the frunk the proper way. Now, I realize that I'm showing my OCD a little bit by saying that, but it's true. I hate putting the handprints on the frunk. But uh, more practically speaking, for people who aren't crazy like me, a powered frunk lid, if indeed this is on its way, would prevent people from slamming it down which I have seen people do. I'm not saying it's widespread. I'm just saying I've, I've seen this happen. And, and again, I don't think people do it maliciously. It's their own car that they paid for after all. But my guess is the people that I've seen do this, like at Superchargers, probably haven't read about the proper way to close it in the owner's manual or had anybody explain that correct method to them. Now, my second point here that I wanted to make is that, well, if the Model 3 is getting it, I would expect that all of the Teslas will get it. Because not only would it not make sense for the 3 to get a powered frunk and for the Y to not get it since they're sibling cars that share a lot of parts and have basically all the same features, but it also wouldn't make sense for the 3 to get it and for the S and the X to not get it, since those are much more expensive upmarket vehicles. Now, of Tesla's EV competitors, I will say that a surprisingly large number of those competitors don't even offer a proper frunk because they've got electronics crammed under the hood. Which is which is just weird to me. I you know, Tesla has spoiled me. That space can. If you've efficiently packaged your car, you should have frunk space there. But anyway, of the other EVs that do have frunk space under the hood, the F-150 Lightning, the Hummer EV, the Rivian R1T, and now the, just, just starting to deliver now, the Rivian R1S, the SUV, and the Lucid Air, all of those have a powered frunk. And it's great. And, and quite honestly, it's time for the Teslas to get this feature too. It is time. It has been way too long, and it's it's uh, you know, these are not cheap cars. That's a feature that I think should be on there. Now you can do it after market, but I was, I'd expect you know most people aren't going to kind of go to that trouble, but uh, it would be great to see Tesla include that as a factory standard feature. And if they do, I wonder if it's going to be part of the 2020, excuse me, 2023 model year changes for all four Teslas, similar to that aforementioned, strongly rumored new steering wheel and stock delete that are rumored to be coming for the Model 3 and the Model Y on that model year changeover coming up in November. That's right around the corner. I mean, it's it's September 9th as I record this, so basically two months from now, We could see a couple of interesting changes on the three and the Y, and with the case of this powered frunk, if my theory is correct, on all four Teslas. Next up this week, more fun stuff. A Canadian minister has confirmed talks with Tesla about a factory. So here is Reuters following up on the, shall we say now, Giga Canada story that I talked about a few episodes ago. Reuters writes, Canada industry minister Francois-Philippe Champagne said on Wednesday he was talking to many automakers, including Tesla, about establishing more production in Canada. Quote, Canada is becoming the green supplier of choice to the auto industry and the aerospace industry, and that's certainly what I'm proposing, Champagne told reporters in Vancouver. Says, yes, I'm talking to them in response to a question about reports of Tesla looking to build a factory in Canada. Quote, I'm talking also to all the automakers around the world. So that seems like a a kind of a political way of trying to not make it too much about Tesla there and, and kind of, you know, pull back the curtain on discussions that are no doubt ongoing by saying, Oh, well, we're talking to everybody. And, and I'm not saying that the minister is lying. I'm sure there is a lot of uh, communication going on that, that, The Canadian government wants to bring a lot of manufacturing and industry from the automotive space into Canada. But this is now the most official confirmation that you can possibly get, short of Tesla themselves also confirming the discussions that, in fact, yes, discussions about a possible Giga Canada are happening. Now, granted, these talks don't guarantee anything. There's certainly a very reasonable chance that they're unable to agree on terms, whether that's tax breaks or other incentives that Tesla would be trying to negotiate for. But I, for one, am optimistic that this will get done and we will get a Giga Canada. I mean, the government is clearly motivated to bring Tesla there. And logistically, Tesla, I would think, would favor a factory in the Toronto area, given its proximity not just to major Canadian cities like Toronto, of course itself, Montreal, Ottawa, etc., cetera, but also the proximity to the Northeastern US and the Midwest US states as well. Plus, there's a lot of talent. There are a lot of great uh, colleges and th- there's a ton of talent there in Toronto as well. So personally... I think the next Gigafactory is either going to be this one, Giga Canada, or a second one in China, which I know I've been saying for a while, but that is where I would put my money as the next site to break ground. As you may remember, Elon recently suggested that we might learn the identity of that next site by the end of this year, so given that it's already September, it won't be long now. Place your bets. Uh, Next up this week, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are not someone that would deny the existence of anti Tesla FUD, aka our old foe known as fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But perhaps there are people in your life who don't believe you. If you're ever discussing Tesla and you happen to bring up some bit of misinformation, or maybe they do, the person you're talking to does, and you can't seem to convince them that it's not ridiculous and it's not true. Well, here is a real headline that someone had to write in the year 2022 with Tesla being one of the most valuable companies in the world, valuable car companies. Uh, They're on track to become one of, if not the biggest car company in the world by volume in the next decade. But this is a real headline that had to be written in 2022. That I feel sums up the state of FUD against Tesla. Uh, I saw this on Tesla Roddy, and the headline is: AXA Insurance says sorry for faking Tesla battery fire. Yes, an insurance company faking a Tesla battery fire. You did hear that correctly. That's <laughs> that's crazy. So take a listen to this story. Teslarati writes, recently the company was on a mission, meaning uh, AXA insurance, was on a mission to prove that Tesla batteries can catch on fire and simulated a test on public streets. The test involved a Tesla Model X, uh, excuse me, Model S, pyrotechnics, but did not involve the batteries. The main object they were trying to prove would catch on fire. AXA has since published an apology letter stating that it regretted that this year's edition of the crash tests, quote, may have conveyed a bad impression of electromobility or created misunderstandings. During the simulation of an accident in which an electric car catches fire, we had to take measures to ensure the safety of the public. Thus, the test car had no battery and the fire was started remotely. In addition, the crash test carried out with a model of the Tesla brand did not cause damage to the underbody of the car likely to trigger a battery fire, contrary to what the recorded images might suggest. This test therefore did not confirm this accident scenario. We should have explicitly mentioned this fact in the the communication following the test, in particular in the press release and in the images provided. In retrospect, this test intended to illustrate a supposed risk should have been designed differently. We made it clear in our press release that according to statistics from AXA, Switzerland, electric cars are no more prone to fire than conventional combustion vehicles. Nevertheless, we must recognize that the published images give a different impression when taken out of context. We regret any misunderstandings caused and apologize We will reanalyze this year's crash tests in detail, learn from them, and use them to strengthen our commitment to road safety in the future." End quote. You know, honestly, I really debated whether or not to discuss this story at all on the podcast, because quite frankly, I would rather not give a lot of this kind of FUD any attention. It's just not worth giving it oxygen a lot of times, in my opinion. But this one was so egregious, so obviously ridiculous in in both the idea and the the conception of this at the idea phase to the execution of it. And honestly, almost comical in, in that they actually went through with this and then of course had to apologize when they easily got caught for faking it that I thought you'd find it useful when talking to Tesla skeptics in your own life, or best case scenario, if you thankf- hopefully do not encounter Tesla skeptics in your own life, you might just get a laugh out of this because I sure did. I mean, this is so over the top ridiculous. And, and guess what? Uh, I would suspect that this test, note the heavy air quotes there, I would suspect that this test backfired and that any Tesla owner that has AXA insurance available to them and hears about this little, this little stunt, probably going to go with a different insurance company. Because I know I sure would. I would run, I would run in the opposite direction of AXA insurance after something like that. Uh, finally this week, our resident Tesla community supercharger sleuth I think actually we got we got to come up with a more official title for Marco RP. Maybe Supercharger Super Sleuth, I think. Rolls off the tongue a little better. Marco RP has put together a report on Drive Tesla Canada on four massive new superchargers coming to California. And if let me I'll just pause right here to say I know not all of you are in California. A lot of you are, but if you think gosh, why is Ryan doing another California supercharger story. It seems like he does these like every quarter. Well, a, hopefully it's not that often, but b, uh, it's this next part I think that makes it interesting and worth passing along to you. So, uh, this these new these four new superchargers coming to California includes the soon-to-be new record holder for biggest supercharging station in the world. So on. Drive Tesla Canada, Marco writes, one of the funding programs for EV charging infrastructure is the California Energy Commission's Clean Transportation Program Rural Electric Vehicle Charging. Whew, that's a mouthful. The main goal of this program was to provide better charging access in underserved rural communities. Overall, the CEC received a total of 28 applications and funding was granted for 17 of them. Tesla filed four of those applications and received maximum funding on all four. With a maximum amount of 1.6 million per project, this is no small thing. Most notably, Marco notes, one of the conditions for a successful grant involved a minimum of 50% of connectors being CCS standard. This means Tesla will probably be adding a CCS adapter at every stall, A project we have previously reported on called the Magic Dock since there are currently, since currently there are only Tesla standard plugs on superchargers in North America. Now the four sites are Baker, which if you're not familiar is on the way from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. That will be a 56 stall supercharger at a total cost of $4 million. It is due open next summer, so roughly a year from now, maybe a little less. Second, we have Willows, which is, uh, in fact, I confess I was not familiar with. It's north of Sacramento, so way up in northern, northern California. Marco notes, out of the four cities Tesla received funding for, Willows is the only one which doesn't have an active supercharger in the immediate vicinity. That said, the first location in the city might even become the largest supercharger in Northern California. According to Tesla, the Willow's site will have 100 supercharger stalls, total cost $6 million, due open in late 2024, so still uh, two years away on that. That one is further out on on the planning docket. Third, we have Barstow, which, again, if you're not familiar, that's also between Los Angeles and Las Vegas. This one, 100 stalls, a $4.5 million project due to open in winter of 2023, which, of course, leaves me wondering, well, wait a minute. Does that mean the beginning of 2023, like winter, meaning like December 2022 to... March 2023? Or is it the end of 2023 heading into 2024? Not sure about that. But here's the headliner in Koalinga, which is already home to Harris Ranch. Harris Ranch was one of the first supercharger sites and one that I've talked about on this podcast before, because as Marco notes, as we speak is about to open its expanded 98 stall version Tesla is doubling down here more than literally by planning a 164 stall supercharging station in late 2024, total cost $8 million. So I have to say I applaud Tesla for continuing to try and stay ahead of supercharger demand in what is the by far most Tesla-tastic state in the United States. Personally, I have not done the drive from San Francisco to L.A. in over a year now, but I imagine that if you were to do that drive once a year, you'd probably notice an incredible increase in the number of Teslas that you see on Interstate 5 in either direction, which is, uh, I-5 is the main corridor that runs between San Francisco and Los Angeles. Now, granted, only one of these four that I just told you about the aforementioned biggest one in Koalinga is an I-5 project. The others cover the other big arteries in California, but uh, I'll tell you, I'm trying to picture 164 cars at the Koalinga location on a busy holiday weekend. Like say Thanksgiving weekend, when there's a lot of people driving to see family, that's always when superchargers are at their busiest. I mean, you talk about, just picture that, a hundred and sixty four cars. Just picture it full. Like, cause that's what happens at, at even the biggest supercharging stations here in California on these big holiday weekends, they get full. There's a lot of people, you know, taking the road trips and going to see family. So man, a parking lot, a supercharger lot full of 164 Teslas would be, wow, that would be a sight to see. And I guess we're going to see it in a couple of years Now, Uh, On the back of that, you talk about a big opportunity for a quick service business to come in and set up shop. I'm talking convenience stores, fast food restaurants. Heck, if I were a local car detailer, you might want to get in there, come in and offer to clean people's cars, like do a quick clean while they charge up. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity with these gigantic supercharger stations uh, everywhere, but certainly, you know, these, these four we're getting in California, big opportunity for, uh, for some businesses on this. Now I've been to the 56 stall fire boss supercharger a few times, and that one's pretty cool to see with all the stalls. Now that one also has solar canopies. So they're providing shade and providing power, some of the power for the supercharging station as well, which is pretty cool. But I'm picture I'm trying to picture one that's almost almost triple fireball. Not quite, but pretty darn close to triple fireball. That's going to be wild and you love to see it and we're going to see it. All right, that's everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news for this week. But stick with me, I will be right back with the Ride the Lightning hotline, your pro tip of the week, but first a quick word from AccelerateAuto.com. As I mentioned on last week's podcast, all September long, Ride the Lightning is brought to you by AccelerateAuto.com and their Care extended warranties for EVs. As many of you know, especially those of you like me that are coming out of factory warranty on your Model 3, Tesla no longer offers an extended warranty option themselves on any of the four Teslas. So enter Accelerate, which is a company started by a couple of people that worked in Tesla, worked at Tesla, I should say, in the early Model S days, and in fact helped Tesla launch their original leasing program. These guys are also longtime Tesla owners themselves. I had a nice conference call with them before uh, I agreed to this, this uh, little advertisement here. And it was great to talk to them. XCare is built specifically for EVs and offers coverage for up to 10 years, that's not their only option, but up to 10 years, up to 175,000 miles, with a $100 deductible. Now, by design, it mirrors Tesla's own, now discontinued, extended service agreement coverage. That means it covers everything minus things like cosmetic damage, rattles, and then consumables, stuff like brakes and tires, the 12-volt battery, and then the uh, high voltage battery and drive unit, Xcare has now helped pay for hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of service and typically sees things like MCU replacements, onboard computer systems for Model 3 and Y, door handles for the Model S, AC and HVAC issues, air suspension issues, and more. They also facilitate leasing for customers as well as businesses and public entities. Anybody that's looking for a more creative leasing solution than a cookie cutter approach. In fact, unlike Tesla's leases, Accelerate allows you to buy the car at the end of the leasing term if you so choose. So learn more and find the right extended warranty plan for you and your Tesla at accelerateauto.com slash Xcare. That's dot com slash X-C-A-R-E and use the discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off of your purchase. That's very nice of them to do. I have an, a policy myself now. I've signed on, so check it out. All right, time for your phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. If you've got a question, comment, or a discussion topic for the podcast, call me. There are two easy ways to do that. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many many callers each week as possible, or take that same 90-second or less call and just leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. That's a toll-free number that you can dial anytime, day or night. That number is 1-888- 989 That's 18-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. And a quick note here to Derek from Arizona. I tried to listen to your call, Derek, but unfortunately it broke up quite a lot. So if you'd like, feel free to call back and try again. But we will start it this week with Chuck from California.
1: Hey, Ryan, it's Chuck from California. I have a Model Y long range ordered on the app. It shows my scheduled delivery between a window of November 12th through December 24th. The obvious question is, Is there any way I can push that back till after January 1 to get the rebate? I appreciate your show and all your efforts. Look forward to your comments. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: Good to hear from you, Chuck. And yes, this is the $7,500 question, isn't it? Last I knew, you could defer your delivery one time before being tossed out of the line altogether, but I'm not sure if that's still the policy. Obviously, there will be a lot of people in your position at the end of this year. My advice would be to communicate with your delivery advisor once you are assigned one, which is going to happen closer to your delivery window. Good luck to you, and please feel free to report back on how that goes. Next up on this same topic, Tyler from the greater Boston area.
2: Hey Ryan, keep up the great show. This is Tyler calling in from Greater Boston, uh, a longtime listener. I just wanted to put a request out there in case anyone from Tesla's listening. So as we know, lots of people may wanna delay their delivery until 2023, if there's any chance their financial situation and their vehicle may be eligible for the tax credit. So rather than customers and delivery personnel spending an increasing amount of time messaging each other to either delay delivery, or threatening cancellation if customers don't take delivery. I have an idea. A one-question pop-up for those awaiting delivery in the Tesla app. Do you want to defer your delivery to 2023? There'd be two choices. No, deliver ASAP, or yes, I may be eligible for a 2023 tax credit. This way, people who don't care about the tax credit can be at the beginning of the queue, and Tesla could arrange more exports if they need to, and it could also improve the customer experience. Um, An add-on idea I think would be cool is if they had a huge midnight New Year's Day delivery event in the US. Again, thanks for the great show.
0: I think this is a fantastic idea, Tyler. We know, as I was just saying, that a lot of people are gonna be in this position in late Q4. We just heard from Chuck in California as one example. And I agree that it would be in both Tesla's best interest and the customer's best interests to be proactive in addressing this very unique situation because this is, at least for the next, I don't know, 10, 12 years, a one-time scenario. Because this credit, as i said, will be good for many years once it kicks in. And the app could easily be set up, I'm sure, to push this to people in the database who have estimated delivery dates in a certain window, say all of Q4. And sure, why not just make it a Model Y party on New Year's Day to kick off this new tax credit? It would be fun and it would be exactly the kind of thing that Tesla would do. So Tyler, thank you very much. I love your call, I love that idea. Next up, Adam from Houston.
3: Hey Ryan, this is Adam from Houston, Texas. I'm a proud Model 3 owner and also a NASA research pilot. I bring that up because when you were talking about locations for where Tesla could potentially test the Roadster 2.0, the shuttle landing facility at the NASA Kennedy Space Center instantly came to mind. Uh, it is a place we regularly fly into and i an announced a commercial airport and it is, has the, one of the longest runways in the world. It's 15,000 feet long by 300 feet wide And when we fly down there, we regularly see folks testing supercars, hypercars there. I've seen Ferraris, Lamborghinis, McLarens, you name it. And uh, regularly doing speed runs in excess of 210 miles an hour with plenty of runway uh, to spare. Uh, It's behind the closed gate of Kennedy Space Center, so it's closed to the regular public. You have to have a special agreement to get on to use the facility. Plus, you've got a large presence of SpaceX there as they own Pad 39A and there are superchargers right there on Kennedy Space Center for the SpaceX employees that happen to also have Teslas. So it's an ideal uh, location as far as the, the runway length, nice straightaway. You've got the infrastructure there with uh, SpaceX and the superchargers, and it's got the privacy of it's behind the the, the closed gate of Kennedy Space Center. So in case there's anyone from Tesla listening, I just thought that'd be a a great addition to those uh, other places you suggested to test the uh, 2.0. Love the podcast. Uh, You're doing a great job. And give Daisy a pat on the head for
0: me. Thanks, Adam. Thank you for informing me about this. I did not know that there was already a spot where supercars could go to run free and private. It's it's like a fenced in dog park, but for supercars. But it sounds perfect though, given everything that you just mentioned, and I'm sure Tesla's already thinking right along with you, given of course, as you noted, their SpaceX connections there. The fact that there are already superchargers in that location as well is just a cherry on top. Very cool, Adam. Thank you again for calling in. Uh, I've got time for two more calls this week. The first of those will come from Peter, who lives just outside of Toronto.
4: Hey, Ryan. This is Peter from just outside Toronto, Canada. Long-time listener of the show. Uh, love your work here on this podcast and at IGN as well. i um, calling really with a, with a suggestion or a question really about what I would call uh, battery calibration mode. So, I, I've got my Model 3, I've had it for over four years now. I was part of the the group where initially there was a particular type of range, so so I got mine in uh, June 2018, where there's a particular range with it. I remember it being just under 500 kilometers uh, in, the co- in the metric system. Um, and then there was a software update and some efficiencies that they made that brought it up to around 525 kilometers or 326 miles. Since then, in four years, I've got about 140,000 kilometers on the car. And now my top range is at 473 kilometers or 293 miles. I've read online about all sorts of um, ways that you can, you know, calibrate the battery through charging it to 100% and then driving it immediately and charging it to various ranges. But I think it would be really useful for Tesla to implement some sort of software uh, mode. Uh, battery calibration mode or something like that, where it would go through some sort of process to check the battery pack and and recalibrate that range. Because I'm not sure if I'm really looking at 473 kilometers or something closer to 525, and a drop of uh, 50 kilometers is is pretty substantial. That's around 30 miles. Uh, so just curious on on your take and uh, you know what what you think. Thanks so much. Love the show and love all you do. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.
0: Peter, thank you for your call. I do like your idea. Something like that could really be useful as a customer-facing way to help owners take the best care of their car's batteries as they possibly can. But uh, I'd say it's clear that you have a long-range rear-wheel drive Model 3 because I remember that range boost very well when that came out, when there was a software update to kind of tweak the battery management system and this sort of kind of this extra range was unlocked on those cars, which was such a a really cool thing because it had turned out that Tesla had in fact undersold the range of the long range rear wheel drives at first, which again, this is just my theory and kind of a common theory in the community. They probably did that to avoid an Osborne effect on the model S 100 D which had a range of 336 miles at that time, if my memory serves me correctly, and of course that car was much more expensive than the $50,000 long-range rear-wheel drive Model 3. In any case, that's neither here nor there. What matters with regard to your call is that your degradation is normal. I've had the same on my car, which has the same battery as yours, but you know I've got the extra motor and the bigger wheels and thus I have less range. But the way that battery chemistry seems to work on the 2170 nickel based cells that you and I have is that you see most of your battery degradation in the first year or so of the car's life. And then that curve flattens way out and you shouldn't really see a noticeable dip anymore. Like for me, I max out at like 280 miles of range now, which is 30 miles or roughly 10% of the original, uh, 10% less than the original 310 miles that I was rated at. In fact, uh, I can tell you perhaps a little more constructively that Tesla recently added the ability to check your battery's health via the Tesla app. I spotted this on Drive Tesla Canada this week just after listening to your call by complete coincidence. I was working on the podcast, check that site out, and they happen to have a piece on this. And so I'll I'll share a part of it here. They wrote, to see if your vehicle's range is within normal parameters, open your mobile app and tap on service and then request service. Then tap on battery, select range and type in loss of range when asked to describe the problem. Tap next, and the app will run a self diagnosis to check on your battery health. If everything is normal with your battery and range, the app will show no issue detected. The app then also provides a short description of how your vehicle's range can be impacted by your personal driving habits, and that fluctuation in your displayed range is normal and expected. So, thank you to Drive Tesla Canada for that. And thus, Peter, it is really nothing to worry about, thankfully, and hopefully that explanation makes you feel a little bit better about it. You've still got a sweet, long-range Model 3. Finally this week, here's Mark from Melbourne, Australia.
5: G'day Ryan, my name is Mark and I'm from Melbourne, Australia. I'm keenly awaiting delivery of my first Tesla Model 3 rear-wheel drive. I ordered in February, hoping to get it before Christmas, and very actively monitoring the Shanghai Gigafactory output and shipping information. Full self-drive seems like a long way away for us here in Australia. As far as I know, the beta features aren't available at all here. My question is about the rollout of full self-drive to countries outside of the US. Different countries have different styles of driving and the lion's share, in my view anyway, of complexity in the full self-drive system is responding to other drivers' behaviour. The improvements of the .69 release seem to be a big step forward, but can we assume that when FSD is, quote, solved, unquote, in the US... Will it be immediately be uh, translated to other countries? Simple differences like driving on the left versus the right-hand side of the road, or more complex things like the design and quality of lane markings and driving behaviour in more densely populated cities. Do you think these things will be, quote, solved, unquote, on the current FSD's trajectory? Uh, great work with the podcast, by the way. It's uh, regular shows like yours that make the wait for delivery of my car that much more bearable. Thank you very much.
0: Mark, I appreciate your call. Hang in there on the wait because the worst, again, big old air quotes, worst part of Tesla ownership is waiting for the car to be delivered after you've ordered it. But as I always remind people in this position, once you have your car, you will forget all about the time that you waited. I went through the same thing. I waited a long, long time to actually have the design studio open to me to configure my Performance Model 3. And then after I did, it was two months wait to get the car for me, which I know uh, two months is, is nothing compared to what you did. But you've, in any case, to address your question, I would just urge patience with regard to the FSD beta. And of course, with FSD in general, I mean, honestly, you know, it took, Tesla quite a while just to expand the FSD beta to Canada, a territory whose roads and rules on those roads are pretty similar to those here in the United States, things get a decent bit trickier once you flip over to right-hand drive and start to factor in all of the unique signs and things and places outside of North America. Now, you didn't mention if you ordered FSD on your car or not, but if you did, again, I would, I would just preach patience which, of course, you're already exercising quite a lot of patience waiting such a long time for your car in the first place. Mark, I hope it arrives soon. Thank you so much. And thanks to everybody that took the time to call in. I will get to more phone calls next week. Keep your calls coming. I gave you the call-in instructions at the top of the segment, so refer back to that if you would like to dial in. But stick around. Be right back. I've got your pro tip of the week and more coming up next.
5: This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out.
0: Well, as for what's going on with my car, I was hoping that the big FSD Beta 10.69.2 would have arrived in time for me to say something about it here but it has not arrived yet. Elon tweeting Friday night that there will be an internal beta tonight and then the wider rollout starts tomorrow. So uh, if you are in the FSD beta, odds are you will probably have it pushed to your car by the time you hear this. So no doubt I will have some impressions to give on that on next week's show. Hey, how about an entertainment recommendation? I feel like I haven't done one of these in a while. I, again, try to do family shows, but I'm going to give you one that's definitely adults-only. But it's called Solar Opposites on Hulu. I've just caught up with the last couple of seasons, actually, because I don't normally keep up a Hulu subscription. I like to just kind of pick and choose the uh, the streaming services as I go, depending on what I'm watching. But Solar Opposites, definitely, again, adults-only, but I think it's a really funny cartoon for adults, so check that out on Hulu. It's from one of the co-creators of Rick and Morty, and I'm a big Rick and Morty fan, so there's that. Hey, how about a tip of the week? It's from Judson in Florida.
1: Hey Ryan, it's Judson calling out of Claremont, Florida. Um, Have a little pro tip for you. It took me a long time, admittedly probably longer than it should have, to figure out the right amount of pressure to put on the steering wheel when using it or full self-driving. And I finally discovered, you know, I was so used to driving with my um, my left arm braced or resting on or braced on my leg and holding the wheel that way, um, you know, especially when driving on the highway. And what I realized finally was that's just not enough weight to, to let the full self-driving or autopilot know that you're still there, you still have your hands on the wheel. And so what I realized, instead of uh, resting my arm on my leg, I just hold on the wheel. You have to grip it a little different. Uh, but hold onto the wheel and let the weight of my arm kind of hang there, um, just at the, you know, about the 7 o'clock position on the wheel, and that seems to be the right amount of pressure for it to, you know, keep everything activated and then you also are able to, to, you know, re-engage to grab the steering wheel if you do need to take control quickly. So, hope that helps you guys.
0: Judson, I appreciate the call. Yes, I do the same thing. I've talked about it here, but admittedly not in a long, long time. For me, it's pressing the opposite direction, so towards the center of the steering wheel, either with my left hand at about the seven o'clock position or my right hand gripping at the five o'clock position. That works great for me, and it sounds like it's been the best way to eliminate that autopilot nag for you as well. Thank you very much for that tip. If anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week, feel free to send it my way. You do so by calling in the same way that you send in the regular Ride the Lightning Hotline calls. So refer back to earlier in the show for that. And I will play another one next week, as always. But before I go, let me mention some friends of the podcast, starting with abstractocean.com, makers of so many excellent aftermarket Tesla accessories. You got to go over to the site, check it out. In fact, I'm going to go on right now, just because I have not been there in a while. Let's just see what they have. Look, if we take a look at Model Y, let's just see. We got center console, uh, protective armrest cover. That's actually nice. A model three and Y center console tray to help organize things a little bit. That's cool. Oh, a sunglasses holder that mounts to the roof, uh, up near the, I wonder, but the, that, okay, no, it does not obscure the, um, the hazard light button. So there's just, there's all sorts of stuff. Uh, a Velcro storage cubby that goes, like, just like where you're, at the bottom of the seat in the back. So there's a ton of stuff in here. A plaid charging port wrap, to me, that's pretty nice, I like that. So there's, clearly I have not been in here, been on here in way too long. There's a ton of great stuff, abstractocean.com for all four Teslas. Use, if you're gonna buy anything, I would advise get everything you like and put it in your online shopping cart. Because there is a first-time discount for new, new uh, people placing orders. And that code is RTL Podcast, all one word, RTL Podcast. Use that code at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. Meanwhile, the snap plate for Model 3, Model Y, Model X, and now the Model S as well. Yes, the new ones. Get yours at everyampcom RTL. That is the front license plate bracket. That is a very minimalist approach it doesn't stick to the car with tape it will mount up but it does so in a way that can come off very cleanly if you want it to but when you do have it mounted up it's nice and secure it it's very minimalist it blends nicely with the front end of the car leaves no unsightly hardware behind when you take it away so make those fix-it tickets go away for those of you who like me hate having to use a front license plate Budget Safe Solar. They want you to contact them today if you have the slightest interest in installing solar on your home or business property. Why? Because tomorrow your neighborhood may have reached its circuit capacity and not be able to handle another customer supplying the aged infrastructure until repairs are completed in who knows how many years from now. So don't get shut out because you thought that unattractive roof had another year left in it, visit them today at budgetsafesolar.com. Use the referral code RTL. I humbly ask if you do end up proceeding with a solar installation, please use that code RTL. Uh, For me, no update on on my Budget Safe Solar installation. We've signed the... Actually, I guess we signed the contract. That's an update. But there's no kind of meaningful update for me to comment on for you guys to uh, talk about how this process is going. But we, yeah, we're we're moving forward. It's going to happen. So now it's just a question of when. So I will keep you updated as it goes. Immaculate Reflections. What a wonderfully talented detailer. His name is Jeff. That's the gentleman that runs Immaculate Reflections. Proud to call him a friend, as well as somebody who has done incredible work on my car. And we've become friends... (laughs) Through this podcast, I've made actually a number of friends, like, actual, legit, real-life friends through this podcast. And that is one of the many, many, many reasons that I I love doing this podcast so much, and I've gotten so much out of it. It's it's more than just an outlet for me to talk about Tesla. It's really, you know, it's, it's a tiny little community, you know? I don't pretend to be... Like, the, the Tesla Motors Reddit has, like, 2 million subscribers to it. <laughs> this podcast is not does not have 2 million listeners i wish it did because then i could quit my day job and just do this all the time if i had 2 million listeners but in any case uh immaculate reflections jeff is so great and he's so talented if you're going to be in the san francisco bay area bring your car to immaculate reflections go to the website irdetailing.com when you reach out through that website Mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and there's a nice little discount waiting for you with any service that you book, whether that's paint protection film over some or all of the car, whether that's paint correction, perhaps you want to do ceramic coating, which I highly recommend. Uh, If my wife does proceed with a Model 3 purchase, I've actually already texted Jeff. I told him I'm going to bring my wife's car over if she decides to do the three. We're going to do front-end PPF. We're going to do ceramic coating. And then Jeff doesn't actually do windows. So <laughs> window tinting, I will take it over to OC Detailing in Fremont uh, to do the uh, the window tint there. But anyway, you cannot go wrong if you want to do some detailing work and you are going to be in the San Francisco Bay Area. Immaculate Reflections. PureTesla.com slash RTL your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode setups. You want to get the micro SD based solution that pureteslacom slash RTL uses. It is going to just work long-term. You're not going to have to worry about it crapping out on you. And it's just 49 bucks for the 128 gigabyte kit. And that's shipped free anywhere in the U S. So great deal there. If you want to do, 256 gigs, that is $69. So again, fully formatted, out of the package, ready to go, works with Mac or PC for when, you know, meaning when you're taking it out of the car to review the footage. And again, ships free anywhere in the US. They also have the nice, slim, like low profile, almost Super Nintendo controller inspired wireless game controller kits, if you do a good bit of gaming in your Tesla. So check those out also at PureTesla.com slash RTL. And then finally, there's Jada, the fine folks that make a number of center console-based accessories, notably the Jada USB Hub console, which comes with a storage organizer, a USB hub, adding more USB-A and more USB-C ports, an Apple Watch charger and an AirPod charger all in one, it is a zero tools installation, excellent product. Uh, they also have, for those of you like me with an older Model 3, their are now fourth generation wireless charging pad for Qi wireless charging compatible smartphones, which is pretty much all the modern ones now. So if you're gonna get either of those products, g- please use the referral link getjada.com ref eight and remember that Jada is spelled J-E-D-A with them, Used, and in return for being so kind as to use that somewhat awkward referral link, I will humbly offer you a discount code in exchange, and that coupon code is RTL. Finally, the Patreon I mentioned at the top, so I'll be quick here, but that is the way to voluntarily support my efforts with this podcast. As you've hopefully noticed by now, no matter if you've been listening for a month or a year or five years or all seven plus years. I'm here every single week. Uh, I take a lot of pride in making sure that there's a podcast every single week so that you can count on it. And I put a lot of heart, a lot of soul, research, except when I screw up like I did last week, (laughs) but I'll own up to it. So I'm, I'm never afraid to correct myself. But in any case, if you do see fit at some point in time to say, you know what, Ryan, yes, I'd like to I'd like to thank you for this podcast that you do every week, and I'm going to support you on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash podcast with Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and you can see all the different support tiers there. The, the base tier is 5 bucks a month, or uh, you can do an annual pledge, just, you know, one to just pay once for the year and you'll get a 5% discount if you do any of the annual pledges, but five bucks a month, that'll get you early access to each week's episode as a thank you for your pledge. The aforementioned ludicrous tier gets the early access each week and that weekly bonus mini episode that I call the lightning round. And then the tiers go up from there, such as to the $25 maximum plaid tier, that I'm going to mention in a second, of course, as I shout out those people, they get their name shouted out here at the end, as well as the monthly invitation to the group, uh, I was going to say Google Hangout, no, group Zoom Hangout for Patreon backers. But uh, before I do shout those kind folks out, I will mention that you can follow slash subscribe to this podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. There's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you've got TuneIn and Spotify, which are both available directly in your Tesla. And then in audio only form, it is on YouTube just with no video, but if you wanna find me there, you can just search Ride the Lightning Tesla and you'll find my channel easily and can subscribe there. If you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram or both, my handle on each one is DMC underscore Ryan. My podcast email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. And with that, let me say a hello and a thank you to those upper tier Patreon backers who are so generous uh, with their contribution to my efforts here on Ride the Lightning. Let me start with those maximum plaid backers. They are Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel. Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisneski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversoll, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Maitsuaru, Derek wrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham, Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, K.B., Matt Asbury, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, and Ken Epstein, and then the Plaid level supporters who are you know that the Plaid level is gone but grandfathered in. Uh, are these folks that have been kindly backing me at the plaid level for a while. They are George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Logan Willis, Jason Chal. wait, did I, <laughs> did I just screw that up? Yes, let me try that again. Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman. Yeah, it's late. I I need to go to bed. Jeremy, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peak. Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, The Lydia Family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, The Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, The Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zalesny, Ish, Not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys, oh, pardon me, two more. The Bear Boys of Colorado and Raven Wolf Retro Tech. Finally, the Roadster in Space tier backers, who, on top of all the other perks, they get a monthly one on one Zoom hangout with me, should they elect to choose it each month. I want to say a sincere thank you then to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernand- Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker42, and Kara Weston. Thanks to all of you very, very much. Thanks to everybody backing me on the Patreon at any level. Thanks to everybody listening. Whether or not you're backing me on Patreon, the fact that you have made it this far into my weekly Tesla show, it's, uh, you know, we're an hour, well over an hour into this thing. Your time, as I often say at this point of the show, Your time is, in my opinion, your most valuable resource because you can have all the money in the world, but you can't really buy more time. We still all have 24 hours in a day. And so I do thank you for spending an hour plus of your week with me each and every week to hang out and chat about all things Tesla because I love doing it. I love talking about these cars and this company. It's fun for me. And so I'm happy to share that enthusiasm with you that also, uh, Share that have that that enthusiasm for what Tesla is up to and what these cars are all about So for a yep sleeping Daisy the boxer I'm Ryan McCaffrey happy electric motoring my friends and I will see you next week.